Good evening and welcome to episode 155 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. We got the special shirt going on tonight. I'm representing the Catholic Boy shirt. Thank you, Paul Halloran, for the Catholic Boy shirt, representing that fantastic horse. Thanks for joining us tonight. We have a great show to talk to you about this Saturday at Churchill Downs. It is Stephen Foster Day. Many fantastic stake races, a great pick five to discuss, and we'll start all that in just a minute. Please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Smash that thumbs-up button. Uh, that'll That like button will tell YouTube it's a great show. Also, hit that notification bell so that you know new content will arise to you on time. You can see on my name tag, at hkravitz, is my Twitter handle at the bottom of the screen, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com is my email. Of course, you can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. A few people have been asking me about the online store. Let me show you a few things here uh, about the online store, which is going to open up next week for sure. 100% positive. The HHH Racing Podcast uh, online store will open up next week. Let me just show you a few items that are going to be there. You'll be able to get, there's a, a t-shirt you'll be able to purchase. Very excited about that. I'll show you some other items real quick. We're going to have a hoodie that's going to be available. Let me show you that as well. Uh, just bringing these items up one at a time. There is the hoodie that you'll be able to uh, purchase. Let's see what else here. We've got hats. We've got a quarter zip. Interested in a quarter zip? We got that for you also. Again, these are just some uh, sample items here. There's the quarter zip. Anyway, the online store is going to have a lot of really um, exciting items for people to purchase at a very reasonable price. Hopefully, you're going to support the channel. We'll give you information about the online store. I'll send out a link. Everything will be starting, I would say, Tuesday or Wednesday of next week for sure, 100%. Uh, also, the race day blog. The race day blog, now is the great time to buy at the start of the month. So starting, uh, what, tomorrow, July 1st, uh, the race day blog will resurface again. So go to patreon.com. It's a great tip sheet. It's very inexpensive. Not only do you get uh, ABC grids with pick fours, pick fives, and also price plays and spot plays, but also you get Pete's stats of the week. There is no one around that gives you this enough uh, information that is this good for this low a price. So I highly recommend uh, you check out the race day blog. Again, wait till tomorrow to sign up for the race day blog because you automatically will get charged the race day blog on the first of every month. So if you're interested in the race day blog, which you should be, do not sign up tonight on Thursday. Sign up starting tomorrow, Friday, July 1st, uh, so you won't get charged a second time. I can't recommend the race day blog enough. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump into our, uh, let's meet our guests for tonight. I'm very excited because we have a great crew. With us, my uh, usual co-host from the East Coast, we've got Pete Visco, and from the Saratoga Special, Paul Halloran. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Good. What's happening, Howard? Howard, you win the shirt game. You win the shirt game tonight. Uh, Paul, I appreciate the shirt, man. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, let's not waste any time, guys. We've got a great show tonight. I want to bring in our special uh, guest. He's been on before. 
Uh, he's been requested to come on again by many of our viewers and listeners. He has a, a, a podcast on the fairgrounds, some great work down there. He's also, from what I hear, an excellent Little League coach. So if you guys need advice on how to coach the Little League baseball players, this guy's about to win a state championship probably with his uh, youngster on the T-ball team. Let's bring him in from New Orleans. Chad checks there. Chad, how you doing tonight? What's going on, guys? What's going on? It's a hell of an intro there, Howard. Uh, <laughs> put me in the Hall of Fame for Little League. Chad, uh, when it's first and second, are we teaching them to hit it to the right side of the field to move those runners along? Or is that too advanced at this Earl, point? Earl Weaver, baby. Swing away. Swing away. There there's, there's no sacrificing. <laughs> there's no moving runners along. Yeah. We're just swinging for the fences, right? We're just swinging, trying to make contact these days, Howard. Just trying to make contact. <laughs> there you go. It's T-ball. We get it. Uh Chad, we got a we got a great card uh, on Saturday. It's Stephen Foster Day. Uh, you know the field size is a little bit small for for the Stephen Foster itself, but you have a fantastic field. Before we get into the pick five, is there anything that you know when you start looking at the PPs of the sequence overall? Anything that just you know that was brought to your attention right away? Um, you know, not really. Just the fact that there's not going to be any turf racing is a little little strange, but um, I get it. You know, horse safety is a paramount concern these days, and um, I think that eats up some of the entries and maybe makes some of the small fields. But, you know, I mean, look, Fairgrounds had kind of the same problem. It's owned by Churchill, too. So, um, you know, they load up the front half of the car with those maiden races and allowance races. Um, and then they get the meat part of the car with the stakes. I think it's a good stakes lineup. And I think um, definitely some spots you can make some money in for sure. Well, without the turf courses, it's really interesting because there are some horses that are entered, especially one particular race that you would think wanted turf. You're It's a little bit of a guessing game. The turf situation is a nightmare. For those of you that don't know, of course, they spent 10 to $12 million at Churchill putting in a uh, a, a turf course that had some Bermuda in it. Uh, the weather was not good in the spring in the Midwest. It was cold. It was damp. The grass place didn't grow the way it should to. Uh, it should have. The, the inside three or four paths of the turf course when they were running on it were a complete disaster. It was like a black hole. You couldn't run it. They stopped running on the turf. They were planning on running on the turf for this last weekend, but they had some horses run over it uh, in the mornings. Didn't like the way they reacted to it. So they're going to wait and hopefully run on what they're deeming a big Arlington million day in August, which for certain reasons, I will not be covering on this show. We'll get into that later, but uh, I can't, I can't cover the Arlington million day card at, uh, I don't know if it's be Churchill or I heard maybe colonial who knows, who the hell knows where that's going to be, but it's a disaster. But anyway, the card on Saturday is big. It's fantastic. It's a lot of great fields. Let's jump right in, guys, to this uh, pick five sequence. As I go ahead and uh, bring up uh, the banners on the bottom of the screen. Of course, if you have any questions, we have a lot of people watching. Any questions for Chad, Pete, Paul, or myself, or anything in general about the card, please make sure you type them in the live chat. We're, we're going to be covering these five races like a glove. Hopefully, we're going to help you find some winners. We all have Penn State. Scott is here. We've got Racing Downwind. Racing Downwind is here. Hello. How are you doing today? Christine Race, one of our great viewers. Christine, thanks for joining us tonight. I'm sure we have many other viewers uh, to come. Last thing, real quick before we start. We did a taped show earlier with uh, Pete Visco and Jim Pilars and myself. If you're interested in Woodbine's card this Saturday, it is a fantastic card. It's loaded feels. It's a great pick five sequence they have at Woodbine. Check out the HHH Racing Podcast for the Woodbine preview. Again, it was a taped show, so we did not 
involve uh, the viewers of that particular show based on time constraints. But it's a great show. It's less than an hour. Check out the Woodbine preview on the channel. That's episode 154. All right, guys, let's jump in here. There are the picks on the bottom of the screen for the first race. Chad, as the guest, you're going to be going first in the first leg here as I'm going to go full screen. The first race of the Stephen Foster Day card pick five. Now, there's two pick fives you want to mention. This is the all-stakes pick five we're going to be talking about. This is a pick five that starts in race six. It's the Teppen Stakes. It starts approximately 323 Eastern Standard Time. It's for three-year-old, uh, one mile on the dirt. Of course, every race you're going to see here is on the dirt. This is for the Phillies, I believe. And if you guys, one of you guys know for sure, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe this race was intended to be on the dirt anyway. Uh, there's seven horses in this race. You got a pretty heavy morning line favorite in the number four, Wicked Halo, for Steve Asterson and Tyler Gaffey Leone. And Chad, that is who you're opening with uh, today's show. You're going with the favorite. I, I am, and I didn't have when I made my picks. I didn't have the morning line, so when I sent you my picks, I, I, I this is kind of the first time I see a lot of these morning lines. This okay. race was originally scheduled for the turf. Okay, um, it was. They, Thank you. But for they that told them, so yeah, they they told the racing office told the connections. Uh, I think I don't know how many hours in advance. That's why Wicked Halo ended up here. So if it was on the turf, you wouldn't see Wicked Halo in okay. the spot. But um, you know, I did go with obviously the favorite. She's just the one I trust really the most. I mean, the, her last two starts, she hasn't run on Lasix. A lot of these horses have run on Lasix their last couple of starts. They're having to come off of it for this start. Um, I think she could set a perfect stalking trip. There's some speed in there, and I really don't trust a whole lot of other horses in here. I mean, I, I saw um, Patna down here at the fairgrounds. She's obviously, you know, gotten better as the year has gone on. She's got early speed. Joe Sharp, his horses have been running very, very well at Churchill, really all spring. He's really one of the only ones trainers from down here in New Orleans besides, you know, Steve and Steve Asmussen and Brad Cox, whose horses have run well at Churchill. A lot of my New Orleans guys, you know, have, have really struggled at Churchill this meet, the, the Stalls and Amoses and Dallas Stewarts of the world. But, um, no, Wicked Halo, you know, Lee Ryder, Tyler Gaffleone, I don't think it's really that strong of a race. There's really not much for her to beat in here. I think she trips out. Um, I used Joe Sharp second, uh, you know, from the rail, and I, I threw Padma in third. Just um, I didn't really trust Sandstone too much as a trainer change there. Um, she's on the outside. I, I didn't like that last race. I went back and watched it. I know she was the favorite, and she's run well at church. Yeah, my only concern with the four, and I have the four in second. We all have the four, either first or second. I mean, she's the, she's the moto horse here. My only concern is the distance. I know that sounds strange, Chad, because uh, this horse is by gun runner off at Tappet Mare, but the, the bottom line is the horse has never gone beyond seven, and you, you think Steve has a reason for that. So although she's the class and she's got the best speed figures, I don't know. I, I don't think she's a lead pipe cinch in this race. Uh, just because I'm not 100% sure about the distance. Sure, but, you think uh, yeah, they're trying to stretch out me. before today. No, Chad? About the stretch out? Uh, Chad, we can't hear you. Can you hear me, Chad? Okay. Uh, uh, Pete, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Chad Chad couldn't hear me for some reason. Um, Pete, let's go to you. You've got the four also. Anything you want to add? Are you concerned about a stretch out at all from seven to a mile with this horse? Not as much. I mean, you're always you're always concerned until they do it. Obviously, I mean, you never you never really know. But 
it's out of a gun runner. It's out of a tap at mare. It's only going from seven furlongs to a mile. So I don't, it, it's not like it's a huge stretch out. It's not like she's going from seven to, you know, a mile and an eighth or something. And I, I think because there is so much speed in here and this one is sort of tactical that I think it's just going to wind up sort of Chad said this, it should probably trip out. So I think on talent and the, the, the breeding, I think I'm not as concerned. Plus I, you know, way I like the, I like the improvement. This one paired up buyer tops. It's been improving each time. So I just think this one is still, is still moving forward. So again, if the yeah. distance isn't troublesome in any way, then I think it's just a, it's just more of a quality horse. And then it ran in that eight bells, which that eight bells has come up as a, as a monster race based on, you know, some of the, yeah. some of the well, horses Mazzaria, who have come yeah, back. Yeah, Mazzaria came back at one. You want now, uh, let me, let me put us on screen here. And uh, we, we've got Chad here, bad back to the mix here. Chad, we're all good. Sorry about that. I had a connection issue there. Um, yeah. Chad, we, were just talking, we were just talking about, we were just talking about the number four, Wicked Halo, if there are any concerns about getting the extra furlong because Steve hasn't really stretched her out, but it doesn't seem like there's much of a concern. Pete, let's talk about the six runaway wife a little bit. Now, showing replays, everyone, we all it's tricky. I can't show them directly off of uh, the DRFPP, so we're not going to be showing a lot of replays tonight. I thought runaway wife was very impressive. I have this horse in the mix. So does Paul. Um, she's got to step up, but it's not the strongest field, and she did it so easily last time, Pete. Yeah. And, and that was my, my, my whole thing with her was she obviously needs to step up. I mean, just from a figure standpoint, I don't think she's where she needs to be, but in the, it's the, the field came up a little bit soft aside from the four, I think. And if this one, like you said, this was so impressive last time out. And then even two back in that other maiden race, Miss Yearwood turned out to be a pretty nice horse who went in the, you know, the black eyed Susan and, and it yeah. had some pretty nice wins. So it wasn't like that was a, a dud. It was a good horse. And now you're, you're sort of cutting back again. This one's tactical. McPeak is really good in, you know, he's good in, in sort of the non-big races. He's good in the non-graded stakes races. So I had some stats. I don't have them in front of me right this second, but I, I trust him a little more in this type of field. And this one, I think it's a flyer on a price where I'm hoping for a, I'm hoping for an improve and I'm hoping for a move forward. I feel not familiar with these Fern Circle stables is, McKee, is McPeak's main ownership group. So I, I and you know, Leperu just wrote in uh, her and she was, I'm telling you, she was really good last time. So I think she's got a shot. Paul, let's go to the one. Now, you and you have come to your senses tonight, Paul, because you have – we had three three of the five races. We have the same we have the same runner on top here. And by the way, Chad, I just want to let you know, there are two things that are very much allowed on this podcast. Uh, any animals or pets and any children. So uh, <laughs> if, if your son wants to come on and make a guest appearance, he's, he's here. He's more than welcome. Uh no, no, don't be afraid to do that. We love we love having kids on the show. So no, he's he's a pet he's a pet other kid. Okay, uh, Paul, what what did you like about Hardy Constitution? Because I think the source is interesting, also. Yeah, Howard, I think the horse is is in line for a big race. Good second last time. This is a good move for Joe Shap off this type of a layoff going into a stakes race. He's three for ten, which is thirty percent. Relatively small sample, but still thirty percent. Uh, he ran the, the same uh, same one turn mile at Churchill last time, so he's you know we know horses who run well at Churchill tend to keep running well at Churchill at least on the dirt, and uh, 
I just think he's got a good spot. I think it's going to be a big day for Constitution as a sire, Howard. Okay. As I All tease right, a later tease pick. Yeah, I know <laughs> but, where you're going uh, with that. I mean, I, I'm with Chad. I mean, I, I, you know, admittedly was kind of looking for a way to maybe beat the four because uh, of the price. And uh, I always harken back to the the legendary great Harvey Pack asking asking yeah. a favorite to do something he's never done. So uh, I uh, I am going to take a crack here with uh, Joe Shopsauce. The only thing I don't like about it is the rail. The rail coming out of that mile shoot is a little bit tricky, but I think this horse is going to take a big step forward. I really like the breeding on her. They cost, you know, she costs 200,000. I'm going to end the conversation of this race with you, Chad. Chad, I have, I don't know who does the morning lines and I'm not going to, I know that Paul P don't want to hear me talk about morning <laughs> lines too much, but I don't get how the two is lower than the one. I mean, I don't, I guess because it's Cox and Giroux and Judmont, but I'd be very happy to take a side bet with anyone that thinks the two is going to beat the one. Chad, uh, you, you've got the one over the two. I mean, this three to one on the two, I just, I don't get it all, Chad. I don't well, understand. I mean, the horse, yeah, the horse was two for three, was three to five last time. He got two wins. I guess that's the reason, but the one does look a little classier. And look, Patna, Brad Cox last time, he was putting his horse on the turf. It came yeah. off the turf, and that's the race that she yeah. won is off the turf race. So, and she beat, I tell you what, she beat Fanny and Freddie, who I saw here at the fairgrounds. Let me tell you. That horse is terrible. I mean, that horse is not winning anytime soon. You can put that horse in your stable mail and bet against that horse all the time. Wow. Um, that's not that's not a very – that wasn't a very good field that she beat. And to be honest with you, her maiden race, she didn't beat much of a field either. You know, I mean, here's Patton, okay, off Lasix, stakes debut. She didn't take the normal Brad Cox money um, in the race on Louisiana Derby Day. And she was in the first race that day, I believe, on Louisiana okay. Derby Day. Yes. That race was won by another first-time starter named Bell Rebel for Steve Asmussen, who hasn't hit the board in two allowance starts since. Um, the second place horse in that race got a 68 buyers back to back. It just wasn't a strong race. I mean, I just don't think she's beaten a lot. Um, and, I, you know, the Brad Cox money showed up last time because it was off the turf and she just went right to the front, had a pretty easy, pretty easy day of it. But um, yeah, I mean, I put her third just because I didn't know really who else, but if I had yeah. to go back and look at it, the way y'all talked about runaway wife, I, I'd probably be interested in her more underneath than Patna, to be honest yeah. with you. So I- she'd probably be over bet. I am for sure. Let, let's put us on screen just for a second because a few people I want to uh, recognize here. Keep it real. We've got a new viewer to the podcast. Keep it real. We'll make sure we keep it real tonight. Thanks for joining the podcast. Make sure you get all your racing friends. Uh, tell them about the HHH Racing Podcast. Appreciate you joining the show. Keep it real. We've got Phil Conti here tonight. Of course, Jim Pilar's who is with me. Uh, <laughs> there you go, Chad. Jim just put uh, Fatty Freddy in his stable. He's mail, a money so, burner. Uh, I'm telling you, she's a money burner, boy. Jim, Jim, be careful, Jim. He, he's a character. All right, guys, let's go on to uh, the next race here as I go ahead and switch a few buttons. And uh, Pete, we're going to have you go first here into race seven. Let me go to there. Let me go to the Equibase here. All right, race seven. This is the next leg into the all stakes pick five this Saturday Churchill Downs. This is the American Derby. Now this horse, this race was intended to go on the turf. Now they announced that the race was going to be at the dirt before the entries came out, but you're going to see there are still some horses that you know might have preferred turf anyway that are on in this race uh, on the dirt. They're going a mile and a sixteenth, of course, as I said, on the dirt. Two turns. You see, it's a big field here. Guys, I thought this was a very difficult race. Mainly, maybe part of it's because of the uh, 
the the switch in services here. But you've got 11 horses in the race. The Moy Line favorite is a horse that I know Chad wants to talk about, and I'm going to talk about this horse too. The number nine, Rattle and Roll, three to one Moy Line for Kenny McPeak and Brian Hernandez. This horse was uh, one of the best plays uh, that I personally had for the podcast all year last year when he won at Keeneland. I was there in person, nine to one. He has not progressed very much at all. I don't want to steal people's thunder. Let's go right to Pete. Pete, you've got the eight, Kucher, as your top choice. Yeah, this is you, you were right. This is a, It's a tough field, and it's one of those fields where you could probably pick apart each of the horses in it, and you could you could find some pretty major flaws with each so that it's not a pure standout, which I guess is why Rattle and Roll, who hasn't been great, is the favorite. But with the eight, Kuchar, yeah, some simple stuff. So, I, I mean, I like that. You know, even though it was off the turf, I like that it has a, the last win at at Churchill. It has win at the distance. It's been since it's stretched out beyond the mile. It's been excellent. I mean, 77, 81, 79, not like super high buyers, not super jumps, but just pretty consistent Two back lost to homebrew. And that, you know, that race was obviously, you know, you know made to look a lot better after homebrew won the Pegasus pretty easily last week or whatever, you know, at mom, whatever week that buyer. was, I guess. Yeah, that was, a, I mean, and that was a, a great performance. Yeah. Too bad. Yeah, too bad. Yeah, one in 97. So I think this one, if you look at those last three, they're just pretty impressive races. Hasn't beaten a ton in the other two, but again, it's just sort of rounding into form. And it's a, and we talked about this on the show earlier from Woodbine. This is one that you're not 100% sure what he is yet. He's still, he's still lightly raced enough to where he's still maybe is figuring some things out. So you could see some moves forward. And if he moves forward, since the rest of this field is a little light, I think he's got a pretty good shot and you're getting a half decent price. If you can get him at the five to one. Uh, Pete, do you want to quickly talk about double clutch? Who I was happy to see that you had in second, because I think he's a fascinating horse in here. I have him in third. Uh, what, what did you like about double clutch? Well, I liked, so obviously Obviously, you see the two turfs, so that that throws you off generally a little bit. So, but this one, if you look at the breeding, the sire is great with dirt roots. The dam is, you know, four for eight in dirt roots, so it's a tiny sample size. But at least you could see on both sides of the pedigree that there is dirt half there. To, half the gear jockeys, sorry. Yes, nice yeah. I mean, is a who's a turf horse, obviously, but it's still quality, which you know sometimes you just for like sure. quality. This one's improved in both races. I'm not a I'm not a lannery guy, as I've probably mentioned a million times on <laughs> yes, here I've but heard. um but it's it's still one where you know he obviously he at least knows this course so it's it's i could take him here if no place else and his last one he beat i think three next out winners and two next out seconds in the last now again it was on turf it was a maiden special weight but at least the horses that came out of it did some stuff so it's it's not a race where it was a you know it's a big yeah. field too which is Very you know live race yeah and it's tough when maidens are in big fields it's sort of impressive worked out a nice trip and i think I'll take the shot again at six to one in a race where I don't think there's a standout amongst the favorites or pretty much anybody. Well, I want to put us back on screen because I want to mention a few quick things. Then, Paul, we're going to go to you to talk about the five. Uh, and, Chad, feel free to jump in, too, because I know you know that Churchill Downs sort of incorporated tracks real well. To me, uh, and I think most of you would agree with this, if there's any dirt track in the entire country that is – favorable to turf horses it's churchill it's not a very deep service they tend to float over the track we can go back barbaro animal kingdom we could go back over the years chad it just seems like if a turf horse is going to run well over the dirt isn't churchill the track uh, to do it 
and usually when a horse, when a turf horse does run good on a dirt track, it's the first time they do it. Um, when they, when they turf, 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 and then they go first dirt, that's when they usually pop. It's after that, that you see kind of a regression. So yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Um, there is something I want to pitch to you guys. Um, that's a trivia question in this race. Um, first, uh, the first winner that gun runner ever had, you guys know who it was? Ooh. Wow. Red uh, run, the seven horse in this race. Oh, huh? wow. Okay. That's a great, that's a great, uh, that's the a first great horse red runner had as a winner. Um, I, yeah. He's won 240,000. So I'd say that's, you know, it's pretty good first. Let's see. He did it, uh, but it, where he did it, uh, oh, Churchill and over the slop. Yep. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's stat. awesome. Yeah. Uh, listen, gun runner is <laughs> ridiculous. The only thing about the six I want to mention, and then we're going to go to you, Paul. Um, not, not, he's worked well over the dirt too. So I, I just want people to keep in mind. I, I know I don't have to sell Pete on this horse because Pete likes this horse a little bit too, but you know, the horse has worked well over the dirt. He's got a bullet work at Keeneland. To me, that's very important that the fact that the horse has, has at least run well, at least in the morning, over dirt, and I like Rusty Arnold, by the way. He's really underrated also. Anyway, I agree, Pete. I think double clutch is interesting. Paul, you're going at the horse on McLaren Vale. This is a horse I have on top also for Rudy Brissett and Louis and um, Louis Saez, who actually started his career under Baffert on the East Coast, or excuse me, on the West Coast, but has come East now and has done uh, well, at least in his last start, stretching out in the slop. What is it you like about McLaren Vale? Well, I, I mean, you know, the horse broke in as a real serious horse for Baffert. You know, even money. Uh, he was a late starting two-year-old last year. And, you know, they thought enough of him uh, right away to uh, put him in a grade two. And, you know, he ran a decent third to two next out winners. And, you know, then uh, there was a trainer change uh, to McCarthy. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Ran another decent race. Not great. And as you said, Howard, then he came east. Really, the only bad race he's had is a Churchill, so that that would be a negative. And you know, I don't like the fact that his two wins are both in the slop. But because he's a gun runner, you know, we're going to assume he can run just fine on on dry dirt. And uh, I, I think, like, I think it's going to be a big day for Constitution. I think it's going to be a big day for Louis Saez. Uh, and uh, I think this horse at four to one is attractive to me. Yeah, and Paul, he costs six twenty-five, and I think he might be the lone. I, I should say lone speed. I think if this horse wants the lead and they break, I think this is the horse they're going to have to chase. And frankly, as Chad said, I mean, who in this field really scares you? I would, I wouldn't mind at all having a horse on the lead in this race. Now, Chad, we got to talk about two outside horses a little bit because I think they're interesting. Let's talk about the eleven. You have the eleven here on top, and I totally get it, Chad. I've got this horse as a B. In boy, it's a very tough post, but it's Santana and he's improving. And you know, he's a dirt horse who can handle two turns. So, my thinking is I know it's a tough post. I'm banking on there being a few scratches in here because I was kind of on, on Kuchar. Okay. You know, Brissett has two in the race, obviously, with McLaren Bill. And, and I don't know which one's going to be the, the other Brissett, to be honest, which I mean, they both morning line wise, I'm looking at it now. They're four to one, five to one. But the outside horse, yeah, I went to OP Firecracker. Um, you know, he finished. I went back and watched. He, he was on his wrong lead that last race. Um, but I think he has tactical speed. I think he's going to be pushed in. There might be a couple of scratches in here. The blinkers go on, which isn't a great move for Medina, but it's a decent move enough. Um, and I think this horse, uh, you know, he just fits. He just fits for me. 
Um, I like the price on him. I, I was looking for a price pick in this race. To be honest with you, I, what's his price? He's 10 to 1. So, that, yeah, I mean, I, I can roll with that. Um, you know, that Battaglia race has come back completely strong, right? Everybody comes out at races one. That race yeah. two back in Indiana Downs, I can tell you, um, I watched that race, and Camp David's a very highly regarded horse. And he gave Camp David all he wanted um, in that race. So I think Camp David's going to come back, and you're going to hear from him. He ran, he ran fifth in that um, – yeah, right there. You're right, fifth and Matt wins. Um, yeah. he's he's a pretty nice horse. And you know, I like the jockey, I like the jockey change to Santana. Um it's just, you know, I was looking for a price in here, somebody to pick on top. He's got to win at Churchill. Um, so I yeah, I lean to him, but Kuchar was my other favorite. He's kind of my other A in there. Uh, I like everything that um you said about Kuchar. He beat older going a mile and a quarter already. Um, you know, so I I think those are the two that if you're short, I think you, um I would use those two. I'm completely against Rylan and Roll. Um, I have been since the beginning. I, I, I know you got on him in a Breeders' Cup Futurity, but uh, I got I'm, him on the right time because he hasn't progressed at all. Since right, then, at I, I all. wasn't on him that day, and I'm glad I wasn't on him the next four or five starts because he, he usually takes some money. Rylan and Roll is is uh, is one of the two horses that I was completely, utterly wrong about uh, progressing into their three or into their three-year-old year. So uh, the other one's command performance was still, which, which that or still can't break his maiden. So I, I don't know, but anyway, um, just for the viewers and the listeners uh, purposes, Chad, if this race stays together and the 11 has to break from the 11 or even let's say the 10 hole, how would that affect your opinion of this horse? It affects it a little bit, but I think he, you know, the war campaign doesn't have a whole lot of speed. I don't think Rylan Rolls has a lot of speed, so I think he's going to no. be able to get over and get a, get a decent okay. position either way. Fair enough. Um, I would just like to see a few scratches, to be honest with you, and I really don't think it'll hurt his price if there are a couple scratches. I want to talk about a fuzzy, and then we're going to move on to the next race. I think War Campaign is interesting. Guys, this horse in his second start ran a 79. I'm not going to show the replay. He had to weave between horses. He did it really well. He beat Scotland Yard, who ran a huge race over the weekend. Pioneers, uh, Pioneering Spirit did not run well at all in coming out of the same race they ran together this weekend. I know because I was in a live money contest and needed Scotland yard. That's a whole other debate. Why can't this horse improve? He's got a bullet in the holster. He's been off a month. I think he might be one of the better closers in this race. There could be a decent amount of speed. You could do worse than this 15 to one shot. I, I mean, he's already run as fast. A lot of you, a bunch of you guys like Kucher. Um, God bless you. I don't get it. I don't get Kucher at all. I guess because it's Windsor, Giroux, and blah, blah, blah. Maybe I'm completely wrong, guys. I don't listen to Kuchar's run. Howard. Five so tall. Let me finish. Oh, I'm on a rant. Hold on. Kuchar's run five times. The best he's done is in 81. And the, and if you believe in buyers. And War Campaign just had a second lifetime start and ran just as fast as Kuchar. So, to me, the upside is much bigger with War Campaign. All right, Chad, tell me I'm wrong. Go back and watch Kucher's last race. At the top of the stretch, he looked like he was going to win that race by 10 lengths. He got to kind of messing around, and he was still kind of putting them away. Then the horses start coming to him, and he's like – then the jockey's like, okay, inside the 16th bowl, he shakes out. He's like, all right, let's finish. And he finishes, and he only wins by two lengths. But then he gallops out. I mean, just keeps going. I, the horse hasn't put it together yet. Um yeah, but this is only a mile and 16th. You're talking about a mile and a quarter race that was off the – I mean, great. If this race was a mile yeah. and a half, Chad, I'd probably love this horse. But yeah. I'm, I'm just giving you some shit just for fun. But I, I don't know. I, I see what you're saying. I just don't understand why this horse 
should be five to one. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I think he's gonna. I think I don't think he's gonna be five to one. I think they're gonna bet on that horse. I really do. Okay. And here's well, a question well, you got. I want. I've been asking these guys. I'm Paul and Pete. I'm interested in your opinions on this, um, especially with these days we have with these stakes races at Churchill. Do you guys put a lot of stock into the on Lasix, off Lasix again? I mean, like Howard Source, that war campaign, run a Lasix twice, break the Now all these horses are off Lasix. How does that incorporate into you guys handicapping? Because for me, it's a big deal, and I've been trying to follow it. It's it's hell to follow, I tell you, especially yeah. on it and off, and then then they, they they go back on it, and it's just so confusing. But I, I really find that I really it's kind of part of the handicap in these days, I guess. I just wanted you guys' opinion on that. Yeah, I was just going to say, oh, God, yeah, thanks. I was just going to say, it's tough for me, like in a case like War Campaign, when they haven't been off. So they've been on, but then haven't been off, because then it's just a guessing game. But I, there was one, I forget if it was an earlier race, but there was one where, oh, no, it's a later race coming up. I think it was Bob's Edge coming up later, we'll talk about, where he's actually had his worst races off Lasix. That's so right. you could see something on the form that gives you a clue, because otherwise you're just shooting in the dark. And then I've been bitten many times like, hey, I'm going to throw this horse out because they're losing Lasix, and then it doesn't matter to them. So uh, I'm with you. I think it's just a crapshoot about, about 80% of the time. Yeah. Chad, I would say that I, I don't pay enough attention to it. And maybe you pay a little too much based on listening to you. So <laughs> yeah. maybe we should get together and, and get there somewhere in the Meet middle. in the middle somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, Howard, can I just say that the race flow is totally against war campaign, number one. You, you're going from Lanieri, who I know Pete doesn't like, but he's certainly better than Colby Hernandez, who's winning <laughs> at 6%. And I don't think the I don't think there's much speed at all, Howard, to be honest with you. And that's why okay. I think Kucha has a big race flow advantage versus uh walk campaign. Just my opinion. Yeah, I mean I, I listen, I, I there's not a lot of inside speed, I'll say that. It looks like the three might go. By the way, we didn't even talk about yep. your horse, Pete. Chris Mack. Kiddo, Chris Mack Kiddo Chris Don, Mack mentioned it, it in the comments. Who who won it forty <laughs> to one Don. last time? Uh Chad uh, the gentleman right below me, Pete, actually picked Kiddo Don in our on our live podcast a month ago, and the horse freaking won at forty to one. It was unbelievable. So that by... horse closed, that horse closed out the pick four for me that day. That's right. You're a better man than me, Chad, because I I was dead. I was so pissed because I was dead earlier on, and I was like, God damn it! I got an eighty to eighty dollar horse, and I can't yeah. even close out a, a vertical or yeah, a horizontal. Listen, Sorry, I should, wearing, I should be wearing a Kittle Dan shirt like he's wearing. Uh. <laughs> I, I just want to be clear before we move on. I, I think War Campaign is interesting. I'm not saying he's a likely winner. I just find the fact that he's improving. I think he can get in the money, and there's just a lot of horses I don't trust. So I, just I have him as a B. Clear. I have him as a B, Howard, for I, I, just for purposes too. I like him too. I, I think he's interesting. All right, guys, I like the unknown. Go. The unknown is better sometimes than the crap. Yeah. Like we have a lot of crap in here. Uh, Chad, I know you didn't ask me about the Lasix particularly, and I'm totally cool with that. I'll just put my two cents very quickly. I'm sort of in the camp of Paul. I probably should pay more attention to it. There's so many resilient things that you have to worry about when you handicap. I just don't focus on it that much, and I've seen it go both ways where sometimes it matters, sometimes it doesn't. I don't know. It's just another angle for me that that would confuse me in general, Chad, so I don't pay a lot of attention to it. I just want to – and Andy Serling, by the way, we asked him that specific question on the show, as Pete and Paul might remember, and he basically said the same thing. He he notices it, but he doesn't – you know, that's not his main factor. 
there's just too many other things to worry about. But it's a great question because it is really freaking annoying. I'll yeah, say and that. I, I just I like hearing other horse players' opinions on it because yeah, I'm in the boat of I probably do pay too much attention to it, so I want to know if other people are too. Basically, <laughs> uh, I wish the rule. I wish it would be simpler. You know, answer that question, but you know, who knows? Uh, all right, let's go to race eight, guys. This is the Fleur de Lee Stakes. This is a Grade Two, um, and uh, Paul, we're gonna have you go first. It's a Grade Two. Uh, this is for the older fillies and mares, a mile and eighth, $350,000 is the purse. It's a very small field of five. I think we all remember what happened a month ago on the show. We talked about this race quite a bit, and there was a major shocking upset when She's All Wolf won the preview for this race. The Moyline favorite uh, for Saturday is She Dares the Devil, a real nice horse from Brad Cox and Florent Giroux. Paul, you're going with a fresh face, a horse that completely freaked last time at Pimlico super quick, who lived up to her name with a huge effort last time. Yeah, and, and I don't think that was that strong a field. And obviously, you you know, the bounce brigade will be out there telling me that, you know, the horse is going to regress. And, <laughs> you know, whenever, whenever I see a horse run a, a number so far off uh, character, I, I want to see what happens in between races, and I want to see at least two or three workouts because I really do think that can go a long way in mitigating against the bounce. And this horse has had three. They've all been at Churchill. Um, you know, uh, obviously she dares the devil is, is the horse, but, you know, you're looking at two starts this year, both on the lead, third, second. You know, lost to Pauline's Pearl both times, and Pauline's Pearl – uh, certainly did not run well last time getting beat by that horse that knocked us all out of the pick everythings. She's she's all wolf. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I don't think you're going to need a 107 uh, to win this race. Frankly, she is. The devil is going to be the heavy, heavy favorite and is, is run a 101. And that was two years ago as a three-year-old. So you, think she's the think, heavy, you, you really think she's going to be a heavy favorite here, Paul, because she's only nine to five in the morning line and your well, horse is two to one. I think that five for six at Churchill, Brad Cox, Giroux, um, yeah, yeah, I think should be a, a comfortable favorite, put it that way. Okay. So, uh, and, and, you know, you, you got, uh, you got Giroux who's Cox's number one guy and, I mean, I like Joe Talamo a lot personally as a jockey. I, I I'm on a kind of a love hate relationship with him. So, um, but I certainly uh, not that it's a factor in my handicapping, but I do love seeing those powder blue and brown silks of Mrs. Whitney as well. Uh, Chad, should we read anything to the fact that Drew is sticking with she dares the devil? I mean, I, there's no way that that there's no way that he was probably going to come off. She dares the devil to ride super quick, but it is worth mentioning at least that, that he was on super quick last time. And if he really thought she was the up and coming monster that she was at Pimlico, I guess you could make the argument that, that uh, Drew would jump ship, but he does stay with she dares the devil. Yeah. And it's Brad Cox. That's his main guy. He's not going to leave that horse. Even if he does think super quick uh, yeah, with Norm Cassie is, is really good. I'm like, you guys, where did that race come from? I mean, the horse wasn't even in the 90s by a figure. Runs a 107. I mean, the, you're right. The bounce guys are going to be all over it. But there's other speed in here. And, and look, 
She does sure double gloves. Her belts work on the on the front end too. So this piece could get really, really hot um, up front because I think they're going to want you know a couple of these super quicks going to go. She dares the devil. I don't think she's going to be. I mean, she wants to go too. And Brad Cox is saying I've been trying to read about Brad Cox. What he's saying about her because you know these horses get up there five years old, six years old. They start thinking about becoming mamas and not becoming racehorses. So, yeah. um, you know, the fact that she's over two this year, I know she's got a second and a third, worries me a little bit. But the way Cox is talking about her, she's training great, and he's good in these big days. And I like that, you know, the fact that, you know, it's at Churchill, it's at her home track, she walks out of her stall, she skipped that, you know, the race where she's all wolf, you know, yeah. basically, you know, ranged up and, and went through there. That's a weird run race in the stretch, too, just the Very way all weird. that kind of finished yeah. up. but. I don't know if I want anybody out of there. So, and I just can't bring myself to this super quick horse. I mean, I know she's going to lead, but she's not getting easy lead in this race like she did before. So her class will get tested. And man, I, I don't know. I mean, I do like the fact of out of that race, this is what intrigues me. She's all wolf out of the Shawnee. Only had one work since then. Ava, Ava's Grace had one work since then. Pauline's Pearl has had three works since that yep. race. So yep. I think Steve got pissed off. It was like, what happened to you? And he, he, Steve is usually one to kind of dial back. He put three works into this horse since that last race. So yep. something, may, something may have been up. Rosario goes back on, um, you know, may make a little bit of a difference. I didn't think that was the greatest ride in the world by Luis Saez, to be honest with you last, you know, no. didn't break well and got hurted and whatever. So Rosario goes back on. And Steve Asperson working this horse three times since that race kind of tells me he's expecting a better effort out of Pauline Pearl. Chad, I got it. You you read my mind so well. Let me let me uh, jump in and then and then Pete will have you talk here. Um, I don't think she dares the devil's getting the lead. If I'm Joe Talma, I'm just going. I mean, there's no. Right. I I would have a hard time believing she dares the devil's getting the lead. Now, can she dares the devil win off the pace? I mean, she's done it a bunch of times before. But I totally agree with you, Chad. I'm just against her on Saturday. She's gonna have to chase a very fast pace. The three is gonna be up close too. I don't think she's nearly the same. I'm not sure the extra distance actually is going to help her either. I, she's going to be the favorite. I She dares the devil, obviously, is on my ticket. But there's a lot of things I do not like about this horse uh, on, on Saturday. I probably just put she dares the devil in the winner's circle. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. She, yeah, she's, just, she's just not the same. Uh, Pete, you've got the horse that I love in this spot. I, I don't know what happened last. Well, actually, I actually do know what happened. Chad already mentioned it. It was a weird ride. It was a weird race. I'll let you talk about Pauline's Pearl. This is my top pick also. Honestly, it's funny because this is a race where th there's five good horses, which is great, but I don't trust any of them. So I'm, I'm not, I wasn't confident in any of them, which yeah. is why I was sort of going backwards. We're saying, who do I, who do I trust the, the, you know, who do I not trust the least or whatever? I'm probably making the double negatives wrong there. But with Pauline's Pearl, I just thought it's one of those where it's almost want to toss it because it is funky. Like you said, the, the ride was bad. The figure came back terrible, just had no punch. And off of two, really three really good races, but two fantastic yeah. races against really good company. And I'm like, there's no way to just to regress like that for no apparent reason. And, and I love the, the point that Chad made about the works. It was almost like, hey, I got to figure out if there's something wrong with this horse or – you know, she just had a bad day and, 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 you know, you move on with it and you bring her back to fight another day. And so I just sort of went with her saying, okay, let's throw a line through that last one. Hope it's just a, hope it's just a, you know, it's a negative 
form line, but not a consistent, you know, something that's going to be consistent this point forward. And we're going to get back to those races two and three back. Yeah. I, listen, I don't need to tell Asperson and Rosario how to train and ride, but if I were the owner, I would tell Rosario, take back what let, you know, the one and five are going to go, the three is Friday to go take back, make one big run. You won't get in any trouble. It's a five horse field. You're a better horse than the two. You're the best pure. She's not really a closer, but she, she can, she can definitely come from behind. I don't know if, if she dares the devil can do that. Um, I think you're gonna get more than five, two guys. I think she's gonna be like three to one. I love Pauline's Pearl in this spot. I'm, I, I think she's gonna trip out. We'll just have to she and see because she, she's gonna have to run much better than she did last time, but I think she will. Uh, guys, let's go on to the uh, next race here. And uh, Chad, we're gonna have you go first in race nine as I bring up the uh, entries for race nine. Now, this is the penultimate leg. Of this pick five, there is a also a late uh, pick five. This is not the late pick five. This is the all stakes pick five that ends in race ten. Chad, this is the Kelly's Landing overnight stakes. Uh, it is not a grade stake, but it's a really nice field. The purse is one hundred sixty thousand dollars. They're going six and a half. They are going an extra half furlong on the dirt, which might make a difference for some of these horses. It's a big field. There's a lot of familiar names. Uh, in this field, it's nine horses. The Moyline favorite is Aloha West, the Breeders' Cup Sprint Champion, but he's really not come back the same. Or Chad, as he just faced two ridiculous monsters with impossible spots, you're going with a horse that really hurt me last time. <laughs> I'm not going to make the same mistake again, Bango. Yeah, Bango. And Bango was part of that pick four ticket that I hit with Keto Dan and going yeah. against American Revolution that day and all that, but. Listen, I'll tell you this. this. This race is named for Kelly's Landing. If Bango wins this, this will be his race. The stakes race will be named after him. The Bango um, next year. It'll be the Bango going <laughs> forward because this horse is unbelievable at Churchill Downs. And to be honest with you, I, I, it made me go look at Kelly's Landing PPs and be like, why is Kelly's Landing have a stakes race named after? Yeah. Bango's done just as much, if not more, than Kelly's Landing has in his career. So um, especially at Churchill Downs. I love this horse. This horse wins. Um a, a, a lot and, and he never gets bet and i just I, lo I love those kind of horses and um you know it was interesting last time out i think it was three to one or maybe four to one morning line and they let him go off at 10 to one um you know he broke a little slow that day tyler got him right and i mean he just exploded through the lane um like good horses do and i think when these horses greg foley these older horses like this get good they kind of stay good and um you know it's, now he's third off the layoff he's on his home track everything just points to him having another another good race here. Um, and to be honest with you, Bob's edge, I didn't have, I didn't have him on that ticket um, last time out because of the Lasix factor. Like, like um, uh, Peter mentioned earlier, he was off Lasix and he just doesn't run his best races. Um, yeah. when he has, when he's off Lasix. He actually bet Aloha West, you know, Catalano, he took his good old time, you know, five months to bring him back. And then he runs them seven furlongs against Jackie's warrior off a long yeah. layoff. Um, and then he gives him some yeah. time. I mean, for some reason, instead of staying at Churchill, Churchill, he goes and faces Flightline. I mean, I, I, I don't get it. Like, I'm sorry, Flight yeah. who? What's that? Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> only the fastest yeah. horse in the entire world. Right. So, um, you know, I don't know. Bango beat Aloha West in this race last year. So, um, yeah. yeah, for me, it's Bango. Um, Aloha West. If it falls apart, I think he needs. I need. He needs kind of the race shape to go his way. But yeah, certainly if we keep a good company. 
Um, you know, talking to Wayne here at the fairgrounds, I thought we might get to see him here, or at least at Oaklawn. He was really training him kind of, he put some works into him at the fairgrounds. I thought he was going to run him in that, um, I think it's called like the count fleet at Oaklawn or something like that. Um, that was kind of the original plan. And then he pulled out and, and, and you know, ran him against Jackie's warrior. So I'm kind of against Aloha West until he proves it to me again, he can come back around and win and, and show, show that form that he showed kind of in the, the last year. Um, yeah, so yeah I mean, he didn't really have any. Tr- he didn't have trouble those two races. So no. I mean, if you want to say, well, he was against the flow or he had no chance, I mean, fine. But he basically was just unencumbered in both starts and just, I don't know, it was just really flat. I, he just, he just didn't do much for me. You, you're going with an alternative in second, trying to find a bit of a price yeah. with number eight, AC Expressway. Very interesting horse here. Yeah, I like AC Expressway. I mean, I think that that race last night with Talamo. Um, you know, he kind of drug Talamo there and, and put him in the put him in the right spot to, to win that race. And he had an outside post that day. Um, I don't think this horse likes being inside. But, you know, now you get Giroux. It's an upgrade there. Florence rode him before. Uh, I was looking for a little bit of price underneath. And Norm Cassie, he's had a good meet at Churchill. Um, I like the workouts. Uh, I think this horse is coming in well. He's going to sit a good trip on the outside. I was Basically, I was against Aloha West and against Bob's Edge. So I was kind of went, went price shopping. Um, in here, and you know, I, I think I think this horse could be coming up late and sit the good trip and hopefully get there. Um, you know, maybe to maybe if not win, at least get second, maybe make a good exact and tryout of it with this horse. I think he's in good form, and and Norm Cassie is gonna, um, Norm Cassie has, has done well with this horse. Yeah, he, I mean, listen, he's gonna be a nice price you can throw underneath. Uh, Pete and Paul, I don't want to bore the viewers and listeners, I'll just open it up first. I'll go to you, Pete. Is there anything you want to add? to the Aloha West and or Bango conversation uh, based on what we've said already. No, the one thing I'm, I'm bang, I had a good stat on Bango with uh, Gaffleone and with Foley with Gaffleone and dirt sprints at Churchill is 10 for 27 wins 17 out of 27 yeah. in the money. So, wow. so, you know, for a trainer that maybe not everyone knows as a, as a brand name there, he's got a nice combination with, with Tyler there and Aloha West. I agree. It's one of those where this is the kind of field though, it's it's not the it's not the highest level field. This is the kind of field would you have hoped maybe they would have brought Aloha West back in first start of the year. Maybe just something agree, a Pete. touch softer. Not that I don't think Bango's an awesome horse, but a touch softer than Jackie's yeah. Warrior and then Flightline. So this is one where maybe he's able to find himself again. He obviously needs some pace to run into, but um, Paul, I, I mean Paul, he's, I he's a question. good enough horse. Yeah, I go got ahead, a, actually I, I got a question for everyone here. I, I want to direct it to Paul first. You know, Wayne, you already mentioned, Chad, Wayne is a very patient guy. Listen, he's an excellent trainer, excellent trainer. But he's pretty patient, right, Chad? He's coming back in a few weeks here. So, Paul, what do you make of this, like, sort of quick turnaround? Is this just he's just trying to get this horse some confidence? I mean, I can't imagine this was the plan. There's just so many things about this horse that steer me against him uh, on, on Saturday. Paul, what do you think about the quicker turnaround with this horse? I don't know. Well, he certainly shouldn't be exerted because he did not run a step in the Met Mile, so <laughs> that that shouldn't hurt him. You know, it, this could – if you look at this series of races, Chad, you hit the nail on the head. If anyone mapped out this schedule for this horse going into the season, they should be in an institution because he brings them back against Jackie's Warrior, who's, as you said, Howard, an impossible spot. You know – the Met Mile is annually one of the toughest races in the country, and you know Flightline is coming, and Speaker's well, I, Corner was in 
top form. That was well, a let ridiculous. Me just, let me just push back a little bit. I think I don't think they realistically thought they were going to win the Met. I think they were just hoping to get some black type. I didn't think they. I don't think they figured they lose by eleven and only come in fourth. I think they figured, okay, Flyline will probably win, but there's no reason why we couldn't get second. I'm just. I'm just guessing. Well, I mean, there was no possible chance he was beating either Flight Line or Speaker's Corner. No. So you're starting off with third. I think those. Yeah, right? I think those are three better horses right off the jump. I mean, I think even Happy Saver is probably a little. I mean, Aloha West got hot for a nice stretch, and in the and the Breeders' Cup, you know, fell into a a fantastic you know yeah, meltdown. He, he, this horse always awesome. mean nothing, by the way. I I like this horse, but uh, but let anyway, me say I just this. wanted to ask you about the. Let the, me just say this, Howard. I kind of like him a little bit in this spot <laughs> after all okay. I just said. I think the the Churchill Downs, he was much closer to the pace. Yeah. And as you saw in the Breeders' Cup sprint, Howard, and you benefited from, that's not the way this horse, I don't think, is, is at its yeah. best. I think he's at his best making one run. I think he's at his best in a shorter race because those one runs tend to have more oomph to them. So I think the distance is better. I think this. I don't think he's going to be as close. I think it's going to be. A, a, there's more speed in the race, and I don't. I'm not a fan of the horse, but I think this is a pretty good spot. Now I wouldn't bet him at two to one at gunpoint, but you know, as far as using him, uh, I, I think this is a much much better spot than his last two. All right, guys, I got to quickly talk about my top choice here. And, and people can listen, people can laugh, and that's absolutely fine. I get it. Uh, I don't, I'm not loyal to particular horses or trainers or jockeys. I really try to think logically. Here's my thing with Awesome Jerry. First of all, as Pete and Paul, I think they probably remember, um, I predicted that he was going to win uh, on April 16th. It was one of my best predictions of the entire year. I picked him on top in the Keelan race on my race day blog, and he won at 21 to 1 because his first start back at Gulfstream, he got a ridiculous trip that was really sneaky and bad. And I got lucky and, and it worked out. But then he backed up the, you know, he backed up his race last time, and this horse showed a lot of speed. And this is the first time that Awesome Jerry's actually shown speed. From the inside now he beat Gunnett, who was a complete goofball and Dennis moments been very disappointing. So that th th that field is not near the field. This one is, but he's got the inside, which he doesn't mind. He's improving. And I know these are big ifs. We're debating about Aloha West right now. And as much as I love Bango, Chad, it's not like that horse is, is consistent. I mean, maybe Bango's going to run 100 and run off the screen, but Bango could also run a mid-80s and not run well either. So if there's a sort of fuzzy horse that might upset the, the apple cart here, to me it's awesome, Jerry. Um, Corrales knows the horse well. He keeps getting better and better. Why not? I'm going with awesome, Jerry, on top to upset the field, but – fully saying that the four and the five are, are more talented horses. We'll have to see. Hey, Let's Howard, go I, I have, I have the one with you on my, on the ticket that okay. we're going to go through later. So I have them on the top line too, for the same reason you're talking about. I like an inform horse sometimes in a field yeah. that, that isn't, you know, that isn't a lock to, to perform. All right, guys, let's jump to the Stephen Foster and Chad, we're going to have you go first. This is the big one guys of the day. It's a grade two. It could easily be a grade one. I think it used to be a grade one, actually. It's a grade two. Three quarters of a million dollars for these four-year-olds and up males. They're going a mile and eighth on the dirt. It's a field of seven, but boy, is it a really good field. There's three horses in particular that are outstanding, and there's some others that are trying to 
move their way up the ladder. The Moorline favorite is number six, Mandaloon, for Cox and Drew, coming off a horrendous effort uh, in the Middle East, has been working very well. Chad, you're keeping the faith of Mandaloon and the connections here. That is who you're going on top in the Stephen Foster. So a couple things here. One is, isn't Stephen Foster night the night they give the engraved Kentucky Derby trophy to the winner of the Derby? Are they just going to do two presentations? (laughs) I guess. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, Chad. (laughs) (laughs) I was just just curious. Anyway, um, yeah, they certainly could. Now, look, Mandaloon is a very good workhorse. I'm going to clue you all in on something. I had Brad Cox on the podcast back in February when Mandaloon was working at the fairgrounds, and it was right after – Right after he won to Louisiana when he came back and standing next to him during that race. And I mean, he he basically had uh, what's the, a midnight bourbon in that race whenever he wanted him. And Brad was like, whoa, we're going to have a really nice we have a lot of fun with this horse this year. And so they pointed him for the Saudi Cup because it's 20 million dollars. The work before he left for the Saudi Cup at the fairgrounds. I, I mean, I've been around fairgrounds a long time. Um the clockers that have been there have been there a long time. They had never seen a work that good. And Brad Cox said he's never seen a work that good um, from at fairgrounds on one of his horses. He was the absolute, I mean, stunning picture. Thought he'd go to, over there. And look, things happen when you get across the seas, right? I mean, the track was deep. Nothing really went his way. Um, bringing back here, I think still the goal with this horse is, is the classic. Um, he's training good once again. He was, I can tell you all this, just looking at it. I think he's going to have a huge year, so I'm staying on him. He's trained with Folsom. He's jerked him around a couple of times at Churchill. Folsom's come back to win okay. um, impressively. He's he's just firing off with Drew bullet after bullet. The last couple of works, he didn't really have anybody with him, but um, you know he works with Warrant. He don't lose he don't lose in work. He's a good workhorse in the morning. I I don't think he could be probably cranked. But I will say this. He's by Into Mischief. Brad Cox, Into Mischief's getting old. This horse, obviously, is going to be a stallion. You don't want to lose races, even if you need to give a horse a race off a layoff. Brad Cox will have this horse ready. For me, I think, you know, this race, this, this race is okay. This proxy in here, some others. But I think his main competition is his stable mate. And I think, you know, he's in there because he, he deserves a chance. And he's going to be a speed horse. And he'll keep everything honest. I think Mandaloon comes back and robs this field. I really do. I think he wow. robs this field. Well, I, I was blown away with his effort in Louisiana in February off the layoff. I mean, I thought he, he just went by Midnight Bourbon so easily in that race, Chad. I loved him, loved him in the Saudi Cup. I'm not afraid. I'm not embarrassed to say it. And he just didn't fire at all. He was like in between horses. He was climbing, just like I mean, just the whole thing. You could tell him after the first like quarter that he wasn't going to run. Um, I, I totally understand how you're going to keep the faith. This, do you think he'll be favored? He is favored in morning line. Yeah, he will uh, go off favorite. No doubt, no doubt. Probably what eight to five? You think he'll be lower than two to one? Brad, if Brad Cox is having a good night and she dares okay. devil wins or a couple other ones win, guess what? This one's going to be taking some money for sure. Uh, Chad, I, I want to keep stay with you a little because you've got a horse that, frankly, I don't like at all in this spot, and I have a ton of respect for you, as you well know. You've got the other Cox uh, horse in second, Cattle River who uh, is getting better and better. I'll give him that. I have major concerns about the mile and eighth of this horse, though. I, yeah, I mean, I picked him in third because I think, you know, it could be a speed favor in track. And, you know, the four-week turnaround here is something I'm a little worried about. But Santana is going to – he's going to take the bull by the horns, I think, and get this horse out there and let him do his thing. I'm going to tell you, that last race, Howard, he came home with 23-2. and two. He looked like 
I mean, he wasn't running by much or beating a lot in that race, but he did it really impressively. Okay. Um, yeah. I think I think he's, you know, this race is interesting. It's all four year olds and title ready, which is, you know, yeah. I think all these four year olds that they're they're just. I think we have a good group of them, and, and for the older horse division, um, I think Cattle River's ready to step up. He's kind of earned it. The, the question mark is the distance, right? But is he going to go to the lead, Chad? You think he's going to like more of a target for Mandaloon? Is that is that the plan? I think he does. I, he could be the only one out there. I think these jocks, you know how they have a tendency to, oh, okay, Cattle he's going on the lead. Let, it, yeah. let him go. He'll come back to us. He can't go a mile and an eighth. Yeah, and they turn to home and he scoots away and see you later. You know, and, and they got Brad Cox running one, too. Um, <laughs> I so, thought the pace situation's real murky here, Chad. I didn't know what to make the pace situation in this race. Yeah, well, Olympia, you know, we saw him down here at the fairgrounds. This, this horse makes his trips every time. He gets such good trips all the time. I just yeah. think the luck has to run out at some point. I don't know if I'm saying luck the right way, but I mean, this horse just, can he keep winning? I mean, I was against him last time just because I said the same thing. Can he really keep winning? I mean, you know. Well, good horses he, make their own trip, though. You're, you're going to make you're gonna make people makes, who are a fan of good horses uh, upset with that comment. No, he does. He does. And he's done nothing wrong, really. He's done nothing no, wrong. Nothing. I'm just against him because I think he's going to take more money, and I just think it's one of these races he has to lose. I, I sort of agree with you. He's a really nice horse, but I don't think he's faced the likes of uh, American Revolution or Mandaloon, to be very honest. So we'll have to see. Uh, uh, Chad, I might be wrong. I had six one two for you. I think you just said you had Cat River third. So if I made I a mistake, I, I had six one two. I had six one two. Okay, okay. Just want to make sure I was right. All right, who do I go next to? Paul, let's go to you, because Paul, we got to talk. We got to talk about American Revolution. All right, now, <laughs> as you guys remember, or you might remember, and Chad, uh, I, I want to show something. I want to show something from. The last time uh, that we talked about American Revolution, and let me let, let's make no mistake about it. I am wrong all the time. We talk about this, but I'm also right sometimes. I want to show a very short clip, if you guys don't mind, uh, from our last show uh, when American Revolution. Uh, we were talking about American Revolution. I was completely against this horse, completely against this horse, as Pete and Paul might remember, uh, for a lot of reasons. And I'm not bringing this up to you know, to my own horn. I want to bring this clip up to remind people of American Revolution's situation going into his last race because it was a very unique, weird scenario that led into his defeat. So just very quickly, I'm going to show a clip from a month ago on this show, me talking about American Revolution and why I did not like him in this spot. And by the way, Chad, you see the one and only Kevin Kilroy who joined us on the bottom of the screen there for this show. <laughs> Yeah. American Revolution uh, was supposed to run in a mile race. This is not the intended spot for this horse. Now, does that mean he's going to lose? No. He might run off the screen. But he was supposed to run in a mile race. This is a mile and eighth, and he ship him to Churchill, a track he's never been to, and he's never worked on. Those, And he's off a big layoff. If you're going to be in American Revolution, today is the day. All right. So that, that was me talking. Um, I was... No, I'm not, a, I'm not doing – guys, stop it. Come on. You, you guys know me. I don't need to hey, Pete, I he, don't, Pete I, he, went, he went looking for the folder of clips where I was right, and that yeah, was in it. No, yeah, that's, all, that, that's, that's the biggest folder on the screen. You know oh, that. I'll tell you what. It's I'll not that, it's not that full, more. but it's on no, there. It's not, not that only full, that, Chad, I picked Dynamic 1 to win the race, and this guy did. right I down there in the bottom – Right down there at the bottom corner, I thought I was nuts. I thought Dynamic cool. 1 had no chance. By the way, nice call on Mazzarella last week, Paul. Wanted to throw you some kudos. Nice call on Mazzarella last you week. Mean, 
You mean gerrymander. 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 Or gerrymander. I'm sorry. Jerry, my, my bad. Gerrymander. That was a um, very good call, wasn't it? Yes, it was an excellent call. <laughs> anyway, uh, American Can we see Revolution. The clip? A... Can we see the clip of it, please? <laughs> uh, I think I lost that clip. I only clipped yeah. it myself. Hey, hey, Howard. <laughs> hey, Howard. I only have clips of myself being right. I do have clips of you guys being wrong. In fact, let's talk yeah. about. Just kidding. Hey, Howard. <laughs> by the way, that's my my son, and that's Jackson in the comments right there. Collectible kid. So he's he's oh, so no, there we no, go. Jackson, no 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 cursing no cursing while he's in there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there we go. Um, anyway, uh, now I just lost my train of thought. What, what do we well, got? Howard, I can tell you this. I didn't have, have American Revolution on that pick four ticket. I didn't have one on a ticket either. When, I, when I agree with you. Guys, here's, here, before I get more shit, here's my point. American Revolution had a lot of things going against him in that last race. Uh, Paul, you've got him on top. I'm going to let you talk first. What is it you like about American Revolution? Other than the fact, of course, the obvious, he's in New York, Brett. Yeah, well, that's we start. I started the sequence, with, I think, with a Pennsylvania bread, and I'm ending it with a New York bread, a, a constitution. No, I, I do, you know, that's a, all valid points that uh, that was a, a six month layoff. Uh, it, it was a tougher spot than looked because, you know, Dynamic One had won the wood, uh, had run well, almost won the wood. He, he got beat by Burbonic, the 71 shot. Um, I think trip-wise, this horse is looking at a much different trip. I agree with, I think it was Chad who said the Cattle River goes, especially with him being the other cocks. Uh, I think um, this horse is going to probably have the rail, sit sit a pretty good trip. Uh, Saez had ridden him six or seven times in a row, but uh, he was uh, not there last time. Uh you know, I think Olympiad's formidable, but again, I do agree with Chad. You know, when does it end? Um, and I just think it's a, it, to your point, Howard, it's a much different circumstance. I still think the horse is loaded with talent. I said it last time; they were they were almost a coin flip away from going to the Travers last year out of that all New York bred Albany win, and they went to the Pennsylvania Derby instead. And he certainly acquitted himself fairly well with Hot Rod Charlie and Midnight Bourbon. So, so I'm going back on on Independence Day weekend. I'm going to play the Constitution named American Revolution. You know, isn't it great, guys? That some this is what I love about horse racing. Some days you love a horse, and that exact same horse you hate the next time, or vice versa. I love American Revolution in this spot. Uh, I, I understand Mandaloon is very good, and Olympiad's good, but you know what? I think they pointed to the spot. I think Pletcher, you talked about Chad, maybe the connections were a little bit pissed that Pauline's Pearl ran poorly and they worked him three ba- you know, three times. Check out the work pattern for American Revolution. Todd has kept this horse um, at Churchill Downs, has two really good works. I mean, they are pointing to this spot big time. I think he's also going to set a great trip. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I think he can sit right off of Cata River, um, maybe actually in second, depending on how aggressive Saez is. Distance is not a problem. I'm not going to keep going on. I just, I, I absolutely love this horse uh, in this spot. Uh, Pete, you are going with Cattle River. And I got to tell you, if this horse wins, I'm going to tip my cap because I don't, as I mentioned with Chad, I just don't like this horse at all. But obviously, you think this horse is on the come. It's the other Cox. You're going to pick Price. 
Yeah, it's more the it's more the price, and I think I mean it's not like um it, you know it's not like I'm just putting Caddo River. It's not like I'm singling Caddo River. I yeah. actually on my on my ticket I have all the the logicals and Caddo okay. River, and and because the other ones are so low, I'm like let me take a price. This is a horse that last three has been improving. It is Cox. It's not like this horse was ever a bum. This was always a pretty good horse. It just it never seemed to put it all together, and maybe now it's starting to. And again, I do agree the distance could be a problem or the you know maybe just the level of competition and the step up is obviously going to be tough but if this one takes another step up and can you know go from 92 99 100 maybe it takes another step up i'll take it at the price i'm obviously not going to lose if i'm not going to lose if mandaloon american revolution or olympiad wins because i like all of them i think like you were talking about american revolution is probably pointing to this you could point to a race and still lose it obviously you can because there's just some other horses are just better and we don't know who the best is because they all have they all have a little bit of a question mark except for really olympiad he's the one who's just been super consistent but this is obviously a step up in competition for him as well Chad, I'm going to let you end the conversation in this race. We'll get to our pick fives. I know some very smart handicappers that are a little bit interested in Last Samurai, thinking that there could be some pace in this race, that he's just getting better and better. This horse is now uh, trained by D. Wayne. I mean, you can go with the worst long shot in this race, right? No, I agree. And, and look, a mile and eighth may be too short for this horse. I had this yeah. horse uh, in my stable mail um, since the Razorback, and basically was the, the further – the better um, for this horse. So, you know, he, he beat Fearless, who came back and won, you know, at Belmont uh, yeah. last time. They, they give him some time off. Um, he's doing really well since the transfer. I can, uh, let's see, I can tell you that he's, um, you know, he's been working really well at Churchill Downs. He hasn't went over the track. He, you know, something weird happens. I guess he could be coming late and, um, you know, kind of pick up the pieces there. But a yeah, piece, yeah. Yeah, he could probably, he could get a piece. Um you know, I, I get the point with Cattle River and all. And I can tell you, American Revolution, those last two works you mentioned, he stayed at Churchill Downs. He worked with Dynamic One both times. Okay. Uh, do you know if he outworked? I'm assuming he outworked him. I don't know. Dynamic head, One is more I mean, of a plotting type anyway. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, there's yeah. nothing really big in that. Just that, I, that I was sort of surprised Dynamic One didn't come back in this spot. I know people. That's what I'm, that, that was my question to you guys. Where I, do you think he's going? I, maybe they're waiting for a spot at Saratoga, I would guess. That would be my guess. Uh, I, I don't. There's plenty of nice would, races at Saratoga. I, I don't know. Paul, any clue? I, I'm going to guess one race, and then they may take a crack in the Whitney. I, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know right. the particular spot another that thing, going in. But. Another thing interesting in this race, the earnings. Last Samurai, American Revolution, Olympiad, all at 950-something thousand. So one little piece of a check, and it's just a millionaire. <laughs> Very cool. All right, guys, let's get to our um, – hopefully everyone enjoyed that, that conversation with the – let's quickly go through the pick five. I'm going to read it off for everyone uh, because, again, we have people listening on uh, later on on the audio uh, platforms and can't see the picks on the screen. Chad's pick five. Again, these are all cavemans. Many of us play ABC tickets, but if we were to play straight caveman tickets, Chad's pick five. He's going one, two, four with three, five, six, eight, nine, ten, eleven. With four five, with one four five eight, with six again one two four with three five six eight nine ten eleven, with four five with one four five eight, with a very gutsy singer on the end, a strong believer of Mandaloon eighty four bucks. Uh, you want to talk about uh, just a minute about your ticket instruction here, Chad? I'm just trying to get the Mandaloon. Um... Yeah, I mean pretty simple, right? 
yeah, just trying to get the mandolin at the end. Um, and uh, yeah, spread there in the middle. Want to try to get it started. Probably have the three favorites in the first leg. Um, get a spread ticket, hope for a price in the second or with that 11 horse, uh, the optimizer um, horse. And then have, I have she there's a devil and Pauline's Pearl. So one speed horse, one come from behind horse, basically in there. Um, and then one, four, five, eight was the, uh, I, you see, I did, I did use awesome Jerry. Yeah. I, th- I had awesome. I thought you I had awesome, awesome Jerry. Jerry yep. Yeah. I used awesome Jerry now because Sappy Joseph, look, man, I mean, he hasn't had the strongest Churchill Downs meeting. He's a Florida trainer, but I, I give the horse an outside shot. So if he I wins, like and look, I, like I get it. a couple, I get a couple price horses in there. Um, I'll be, I'll be all in on Mandaloon. Yeah. And you'll have, you'll, that'll be a nice ticket. And I, I agree that second race is, I mean, I'm not going as deep as you are, but I mean, who the hell knows? I mean, I've started giving you guys a little bit of crap about Kucher, but Kucher can win. I mean, it's, it's a wide open field. Uh, Pete, let's go to your pick five. Pete's got a $72 ticket. He is singling the four in the first leg with six, eight, nine, with two, four, five, with one, three, four, five, with one, two, three, six, again, four with six, eight, nine, with two, four, five. With one three four five with one two three six, you're gonna hope to uh, survive in advance in the first leg, Pete. Yeah, uh, you, you don't mind that as much because then when it when it craps out, I'm you just that play the pick four, four, four baby. <laughs> they, we just do it right back. <laughs> the, only, <laughs> the only thing I would probably switch, and I thought about this after I sent it, is I would pro- in the third leg I would probably only go with Pauline's Pearl and maybe she dares the devil. Drop the two from the from sort of the top line and maybe go a little deeper. I'm not sure who I would put in yet, but go a little deeper in that second leg since it is pretty wide open, but I do like the choices in that second leg. And then, you know, in the, in the fourth leg, I probably wouldn't play it this way just because you don't want to have the three favorites. You don't want to have Mandaloon American revolution. And, you know, you got to make a stand with Olympiad. You got to make a stand on, on one of them, at least on the top ticket, if you're playing higher denominations, but for purposes of this caveman, I could see any of the three winning with no with no question. So I, I wouldn't mind just having them being live where, to all of them. Where's Kidodon? Kidodon is going to be on a side ticket. I, I want to have that horse, <laughs> but it just it the doesn't run on. Why do you just toss him out just like that? Thanks, but hey, that thanks, was the no that was the that was the time. Damn. That was the time. This horse doesn't he, like. He if it was on villain, man, he's lethal. If it was on turf, he'd be on the top line for sure. But, you know, back on the Fair dirt, enough. it's not really his forte. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> uh, listen, some, like I said, sometimes you love, sometimes you hate. Uh, Paul, you've got one four six with five eight nine, with one five, with four five, with one two three five six. Again, Paul's ticket, 90 bucks, one four six with five eight nine, with one five, with four five, with one two three. Five six, uh, Paul. Give us your uh, advice on the ticket, sir. Well, I I, I want to be able to you know on a caveman uh, ticket, and, and you know it's funny just very quickly, Howard. You know we've talked so many times about ticket structure, and you know a few weeks ago I gave out a winning caveman ticket, and I played ABC myself yeah. and didn't hit it. Uh, last weekend I. <laughs> Gave out a losing caveman ticket, a four for five, but hit it on my ABC <laughs> ticket, the one at uh, the cross country. So, there, so what there are we doing go. this week? So ABC, of course. This week we're just losing um, all the legs, right? Right, Paul? We're just going to go yeah. down. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah that, that's happening. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I do like the con- I, I like the uh, Constitution Colts in the first. I want to be able to uh, – I'm gonna. I think Runaway Wife has a puncher's chance there. It'll be probably a B on my ABC, but uh, – I don't want to, on a caveman, not have that horse. 
Uh, second leg, I did narrow it down. Uh, uh, no, I didn't. I, I went uh, McLaren Vale, Howard, the horseshoe, and I liked, but yeah. I used Kuchar. And again, Rattle and Roll is more of a B and C player for me, but I, I did throw him on this ticket. Uh, on the third leg, I went with only the four five, Pauline's Pearl, and she dares the devil. Um, I think is that right? Did I go? You, you no one the third five. Leg one with five. Awesome, you got awesome Jerry and uh, Bango in the in the third leg. No, I have super quick and. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I? I'm sorry. Super yeah. quick and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, and, I did uh, not use Pauline's Pearl. Pearl. Yeah, I, I went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. race, uh, I, I wanted to use the one, and I didn't. I'm not going three deep in a caveman in a, in okay. a, a five horse okay. field. Yeah. And then uh, in the fourth leg, I did narrow it down to Bango and Aloha West. I talked about Aloha West. Shocked out there. And yeah. look at, I I'm a big Mandaloon fan. I understand exactly what Chad's doing here, but I got to tell you, if he doesn't win. Obviously, I think there are three or four others. So uh, I would, on my perfect world, on my ABCs, I get all A's in, and I get a, I'd get. i like to have a, a shot to beat him in this race. All right, here comes my ticket. Is Howard singling anyone? And if he is, who is it? Let's let's find out, everyone. Here we go. Here's my ticket. It's 90 bucks. I'm sort of thinking the same way that Chad is thinking. I'm singling on the end. I'm going one four six. With five, six, ten, eleven. So Chad, I'm using your eleven. I think he's interesting in that in that race. Uh, I've got one, four, five with one, three, four, five, six with two. I'm singling. I'm, I'm I want to be live American Revolution. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. That's fine. Listen, guys, it's Fourth of July weekend. I've got a single American Revolution and Constitution. I mean, come on. And I had the We the People a few weeks ago. I mean, I'm just going to bet every horse that has anything to do with American history. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's worked out pretty well for me so far. Anyway, again, I've got one four six five six ten eleven with one four five with one three four five six with two guys. I think my main thinking overall is I do not trust a bunch of horses in the Kelly's Landing. I really don't. I, I understand Bob's Edge is probably, uh, you know, an unnecessary horse to use, but he's run big numbers before. I just, I don't trust Bango, and I don't trust Aloha West in that spot. And I think if you can beat those two, you're really going to press up this ticket a lot. So that was my thinking. I'm only going four deep in the American Derby, which scares the living crap out of me because there's a lot of things that can happen in that second leg. I do feel pretty good about my other legs. And similar to Chad, I just want to be alive to my favorite horse in the uh, Stephen Foster. Guys, this is a great sequence. I've had a great time. Chad, I'm going to let you have the final say uh, about the um, sequence on Saturday. Any thoughts about the sequence Saturday? Anything going forward? We got Saratoga, Del Mar coming up. Anything you want to uh, no, I mean, going on down south in your area? No, not really. You know, I mean, just, um, you know, the, usually the time after the Belmont till Saratoga starts is kind of my downtime. Um, you know, the kids are home from summer and all that. So I'm not paying too much attention during the week. I'm usually a weekend warrior when it comes to, uh, this part of the calendar for me, uh, before Saratoga ramps up and I know how you guys feel after the triple crown, you kind of need to decompress. I mean, all those races kind of hit you at once. There's a lot of handicapping that we do and watching replays and doing all that stuff. So this is kind of, um, you know, I like this night because it kind of reinvigorates me a little bit to, to, to go back and start looking at, you know, trips and, and stuff like that and kind of updating your stable mail. So, I like doing this around 4th of July and then I'll kind of, you know, take a break again until, until Saratoga starts. But, um, 
I appreciate being on, Howard, always. And, uh, man, I enjoy talking horse racing with you guys. Chad, we love having you on. We want to wish you luck with uh, with your kids and all their baseball and t-ball. Go win the whole darn thing with them, and or at the very least, make sure they have fun. Of course, that's the most in, uh, important thing when it comes to youth sports. I'm sure we'd all agree. Uh, we'd love to have you on again. We really appreciate your support of the HHH uh, Racing Podcast, Chad. And uh, have a great rest of the summer. We'll be talking to you down the road. For Chad Schexnader and my wonderful co-host Pete Visco and Paul Halloran. This has been Howard Kravitz, episode 155 of the HHH Racing Podcast, wishing everyone a fantastic day at the betting windows this Saturday at Churchill Downs for Stephen Foster Day. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Good night. Bye.